and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it almost 30? Hello, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Almost, almost 30. 30 Nation. <laughs> what's up? Is that a hashtag now? Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. And it's on and popping. Um, you guys, thank you so much for rating and reviewing. I've been looking at some of the reviews on um, iTunes, and it means so much. It's been so awesome. It means so much. Like, just, I know it's like, takes a second, and it's annoying. You guys have a billion things to do, but it really helps us out. Like, it really helps us get bomb guests on. It helps us um, keep doing what we're doing and just keep bringing the best content to you. So thanks so much for subscribing, rating, reviewing. So much of you guys have been sending to your friends. Um... I can't tell you how much that means to me. Yeah. It means a lot. I had um, someone come up to, it was actually, you You had just taken class, but you had to mm-hmm. run to work, but um, she was coming from Chicago, mm-hmm. I think, for work, and she's like, I wanted to come take class because I listen to you and Krista every day. Oh. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, do you feel dumber? <laughs> no, it's just like things like that where I'm like, oh my God. Is. I just still can't believe someone else besides my mom listens. Yeah. You know? And also, real quick, shout out to Jordan and Chloe. Yeah, I was just about to say. Put on an event for almost 30 last night, and it was amazing. So Chloe at Lululemon, Jordan at CBC Malibu, our favorites. Yeah, we love it you. was incredible. Um, 40, 40 women mm-hmm. um, came out, and it was Talked about self-love. We'll do a self-love mini-sode so we can kind of recap that. But um, this podcast this week is like jaw drop information. Get Um, out your notebook. Get out your notebook. Um, One of my best friends, Ryan, was on. She's amazing. Her mom is a hormone health guru. Um, She was actually instrumental for me in understanding my hormone imbalances and the problems that I was having related to weight gain, energy, um, my adrenal fatigue, etc. So um, we have her on talking all about hormones and cortisol and um, hunger hormones and hormone imbalances and periods. And birth control and all of this stuff that is so important to much more prevalent in your life than you think. And it's it's kind of if you think you're dealing with low energy. Yeah. It's like you, you kind of turn to like what seems obvious. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just stressed at work. Mm-hmm. It's like it could be those little things where it's like too much coffee. Yeah. It could be birth control it could mm-hmm. be you know xyz it could be a few things working mm-hmm. together to create creating havoc in your body and after this interview i am 100,000% going to get my hormones tested yep for me it's the working out too much mm-hmm. um because it is my job so it's very hard to balance that but i want to know what i can do and eat and incorporate into my everyday to feel better mm-hmm. so this interview is a game changer mm-hmm. um pass it along to your friends your moms, your dads. Yeah. Pass along to everyone. Got a lot of stuff in the show notes from it too. So, so excited for you guys to listen. If you have any questions, we have Candace's information on the website. You can go get your hormones tested too. I highly recommend it if you're a 
person that seeks better health, better wellness, better peace of mind. It was huge for me. So we're excited. Let's get into it. Candace, well, so happy to have you here. So happy to have Ryan here. Ryan is one of my best friends living in Santa Monica. She has her own blog. She is her own life creator. She's a badass. She's so smart. She's so well-spoken. She makes me laugh. And um, I actually am so happy to know Candace, your mom, through you. Um, so we're so happy to have Candace on today. She is an expert in hormones, um, women's health, basically everything that you need to know that you probably don't because I feel like I didn't know anything about hormones till mine um, got out of whack in the past year. I didn't know why they were important. I didn't know why they mattered to to me personally and how much they have to do with your weight, your how you feel, your energy levels, even like your personality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's like such a big um, factor in who you are. So my journey with hormones was really important to me and really eye-opening for me. And Candice, you were such a big part of that. And Ryan, you were the facilitator of that. So it's really nice to have you on today to talk about hormones um, and everything with us. Right. I'm ready. Ready. Um, So first, before we get into my story and talking about hormones, what they are, why they're important, what's going on when you're turning 30 as you grow, how did you get into, I want to hear from from you both, how you got into hormones and how long you've been doing it, a little bit about you and your practice, Candice. Okay. And uh, Ryan can chip in any, chime in any time because she's witness to why I got into the hormone deal. Basically, I had kids late. I was, you know, and I still firmly promote the idea of, you know, live your life, get get your foot into your career before yep. you get into having kids and all that. So I waited till I was 36 before I had Jess, my first one, and I was actually 41 when I had Ryan. So that means that when Ryan was about six, I was about 48 years old. And I remember we had moved back from England and I started having hot flashes. And I'm not exaggerating, every 20 minutes and a mood swing in between. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of a bitch on wheels, if I can swear. (laughs) Yeah, you can swear. Yeah, (laughs) please do. And I remember one day just having, you know, between the hot flashes and the mood swings, I was just really out of whack and being a health educator. I have a master's degree in health education. So I had been working in publishing, writing, editing, all kinds, everything to do with health, meaning, you know, disease prevention, health maintenance. How do we, you know, health education is all about staying well, staying healthy staying out of doctor's offices because you're taking steps to take to self-care and, um, you know, have the motivation to look after yourself. So I was all into that, started reading about um, menopause. Uh, I knew I was going into perimenopause and that I was just all over the map. And I think the big impetus was, as Ryan may recall, just looking at, at that little girl's face one mm. day and, and she just, I could tell she was afraid of me because I was just having one of my big, do you recall Ryan? I don't, I don't know yeah, <laughs> what I you mean, remember, but I mean, you had two young girls and we probably were kind of frustrating as a mom sometimes. Like you always just make it difficult for your parents in different situations. Totally. But I think the difference was that she would have these very epic out, like, meltdowns in public places. <laughs> it was like, 
She's like, when the kids are supposed to be having tantrums, yeah. mom. You guys is... are at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, just like, freaking out. Like, we would make a face about something. You know, I remember one time we went to Chinatown and Jess, oh. and, I, Jess and I didn't want to go. We didn't like dim sum. We didn't know, like, you don't what like it anything was. when you're a teen. No. You're like, I don't want to do anything that you're taking me to do. No, exactly. And we were, you know, I was I was famous for my little moods, too. So, like, I, w- I was not really wanting to be there. and But it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, we were just like, what is that? And The faces. Yeah. yeah. So we would make a face, you know. But then she just, and it happened a couple times where she would just have this, like, a moment, like a meltdown in the mm. restaurant, you know. And I had to storm out and leave and, like you guys are ridiculous, you know, I can't even remember mm. what you said, but it was just so unlike how she is. She's the most nurturing, caring mother, you know, and, and in these moments, it was like so dramatic. And then we wouldn't even know where you would go, you know, mm-hmm. it's like she would leave and then be gone. And we just kind of had to had to let her cool down. Like, and, are you smoking a cigarette? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would like finish our meal and then like drive around and find out where she went. And then, oh, mm. God. <clears throat> no, but I mean, that that didn't happen all the time, but it was just that sort of, it was that. It's moment. traumatic. It was that moment where she realized, why? Why am I responding this mm-hmm. way? You know, if you have bratty kids or they say something, like it's normal to to be frustrated. But the kind of meltdowns that she was having and the kind of symptoms she was having were severe. And so it was just sort of, okay, I need to be able to do something about this. Those moments sort of led you to wanting to figure out what was going on, right, mom? And and where did you kind of take it from there? I just remember feeling so upset at your little face because your eyes filled with tears that one day. And I just thought, I have got to get a handle on this. And I suspected it was hormone issues. But, you know, I think a lot of women and some of you gals that are in your, you know, almost 30 or you would probably have mothers that are going into menopause Mm -hmm. now. And I think women resist that. You know, they think, oh, I'm not old enough or, you know, how can this be happening? And actually... It's really not necessarily about menopause. It's about the concept of your hormones being out of balance, hormone hormonal imbalance, which can happen at any age. It's not just about menopause. It's happening to all women whose hormones are, you know, are not, um, you know, are sort of out of whack due to stress, lack of sleep, perhaps extreme exercise. There's all kinds of things. Mm. Uh, well before menopause happens. But so I think I was resisting like a lot of women do. And then I I finally thought, no, you're a health educator, put your, you know, put your actions where you're, uh, you know, practice what you preach. So I started reading a lot. And uh, the first book I read was what your doctor may not tell you about pre menopause, which is written by Dr. John Lee, who's, uh, who's been a big guru of the natural hormone movement, you know, to get women off of uh, synthetic HRT, which we know has caused breast cancer and heart disease and and all kinds of things. Um, what is, sorry, what is synthetic HRT? Synthetic HRT is is like what Hormone you hear about Premarin, Prempro, okay. uh, hormones that are made from pregnant mare's urine, oh. which, which gets into the whole concept of horse torture, which... We don't need to talk about right here, but that's a whole another issue. But, um, you know, deriving estrogens from horses. Well, we're not horses. We're humans. And, and then they put are, them in a woman. Yeah. And, hmm. and that's what women have been using in this country for 30 years, whereas in Europe and, and the UK, they've been on to natural hormones derived from plants and 
you know, um, made in a lab, yes, but made to be exact in structure and function to the hormones our own bodies make. So that's the camp I'm in. After reading and learning, um, I took a test, found out there was a test to determine how much out of whack my hormones were, because really the extent to which you have symptoms is very much tied in with the extent to which your hormones are out of whack. Mm. So, I mean, they can be a little bit or a lot. What, how, how low, how high are certain significant levels in relation to each other? And that's what testing can help you find out. So I took the test. I did a few things immediately that like taking a little progesterone cream because progesterone is the, the hormone that regulates the cycles along with estrogen. And that's the one that starts to, to go real fast um, when you're in that hormonal menopausal zone. And I started taking a little cream and stopped drinking coffee and tried to get more sleep and started making a few simple changes. Mm-hmm. And I remember the girls and, and my husband noticing that I was easier to live with. And I remember having taken a break from the cream because you're supposed to take a little hormone holiday when you use hormones. And I remember the girls saying to me, mom, when are you going to be using that cream again? Oh my God. <laughs> they know. <laughs> We're on it. Dad, where's mom's cream? <laughs> Get that cream out and lather yourself in it. Oh <laughs> you me for three days. <laughs> well, and you would have really bad symptoms like n- severe night sweats to the mm, point where yeah. she was like going to invent these pajamas that allow you to like strip different layers off and like just oh, there was no. nothing that she could find it's to like help those relieve. cargos that zip at the yeah knee. yeah like it was just all over the place so when she started taking natural hormones um which i think people really need to understand and i know she went over it, the significance between the two mm-hmm. but so many people if they see their doctor they're given synthetic hormones um, and when she started taking what they call bioidentical hormones, the natural version, um, yeah. all of these symptoms cleared up. And so she just sort of, it was like light bulb. Why is there synthetic hormones? Is it easier to absorb, to get into your system? Like why are people even... Is synthetic the mares? Do you consider the, the synthetic hormones yeah. the mare? Okay. Yeah. Big, big pharma, baby. Mm. You know, it's, okay. it's, big, it's big business. You okay. can't you cannot patent a product that is natural. So you can patent the the delivery system. Let's say it's a patch or cream. uh, Pharmaceutical companies can make money on that, but they cannot get a patent on something that is derived from a natural plant uh, base. So there's not big, there's not big profit in natural hormones. And, you know, it, the whole story of synthetic hormones is kind of shocking. There was a guy back in the 60s, this Dr. Robert Wilson, who, who wrote a book called Feminine Forever. And he was, he was subsidized it, by the pharmaceutical industry that was promoting Premarin, the first uh, use of pregnant mare's urine in women, you know, transformed into a hormone that was given to women. And the whole uh, advertising campaign was about how women who didn't, you know, if they wanted to be feminine forever and not become dull, uh, nasty crones who no man wanted to live with. I mean, you couldn't, you can't believe the insulting language. I'm sure he's friends with Trump. I'm sure he's got a (laughs) real good friend. 
Yeah, yeah, he would he would They're resonate with that. Sure. That kind of you know that kind of information, that kind of um, uh, nasty talk Rhetoric. about women, nasty women, the nasty woman. Yep. Uh, that no man can bear to live with, but give her Premarin, and she is you know she is uh, pliable again and pleasant to be with. And and so this whole this whole thing was talking about how women were going to dry up and shrivel away, and they were major bitches unless they took. Premarin. So there, it became over the last 50 years, this was happening in the 60s, it became the number one um, elective drug for use, used by women. And there were studies throughout those years in Europe primarily because the Europeans are way ahead of us. They're not so restricted by their pharmaceutical industry um, who were saying this, this stuff is, is not, you know, it's dangerous. And it, it was linked to heart disease and um, breast cancer long, long before, because, you know, estrogen is a growth hormone. Mm-hmm. You give someone a synthetic estrogen, meaning, um, as Lindsay, you asked, synthetic, meaning it's derived from unnatural man-made ingredients. Mm. And and also made in a lab to, it adds, it, 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 it changes the molecular structure of, it's a changed molecular structure of the hormone, which actually is close enough to mimic the hormones action, but different enough to create side effects. And we know that those side effects are anything from, you know, horrible, um, just gain, weight, weight gain and, and risk for heart disease, cancer, stroke, all of those things to, um, you know, t- to decrease longevity. And, um, and it's it's a really serious problem that is being rectified now mm-hmm. because the Women's Health Initiative in 2002 revealed the risks. It was the first long-term trial of the effects of synthetic hormones, and it really took down the pharmaceutical industry. Like 50% of their sales plummeted nearly overnight, and women started switching to bioidentical hormones and finding out wow, there's a test I can take to actually measure my hormone levels. And before that, get this, people were put on these hormones without even being tested. Oh. Think about if you have thyroid issues or you have diabetes or anything, you, you get tested, right? Your, your levels are tested and you find out, do I really have a problem? Do I need this drug? Well, women that went to their doctors and said, I'm having hot flashes and night sweats and mood swings would just be put on this drug Everyone was put on the same dose, so one size fits all, and, you know, no matter the consequences. So so that's a major issue. The big switch to bioidenticals has meant you test your hormones first mm-hmm. to find out. First, you look at your symptoms, and it's important to know what the symptoms of imbalance are. And then if you suspect that you have symptoms, you might want to confirm those symptoms, you know, find out what to what extent your hormones are out of balance by testing, and it's usually a, a simple test um, we can talk more about. And then you take, if you need hormone, if you need to use some additional hormone, you're definitely going to want to use natural bioidentical. And otherwise, it often, especially with gals your age, really doesn't often require any use of hormones because you should be able to make enough on your own. Um, it, It may require just lifestyle changes, some supplements that can be very instrumental. Uh, getting off the cell phone and the laptop at night before bed, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I sort of did with my journey with you and everything like that in 
me understanding my hormones, that's kind of, did you have a question? No. Was did the lifestyle changes in supplements. Um, yeah, what were your results, Krista? Yeah, so I, I remember when I first moved to LA, I um, was, had a few months or just past the year, the first year I was in LA, I put on like 10, 15 pounds and I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping really well. I usually, I sleep so well. I'm so grateful that I sleep well. Um, I was having crazy dreams at night, like horrible nightmare dreams all the time, like swimming in pools of dead babies. Like, honestly, you don't even, they were, it was crazy that I actually had the thoughts of of what I was dreaming. So I was having really bad dreams. I was, I was gaining weight and I was, um, it was like all around my midsection, which is, I usually gain weight all over. I mean, so it was all there cortisol exactly I was feeling so puffy and then I was also getting so tired in the afternoon like my energy levels were so out of whack if I would ever drink any caffeine I would literally want to pass out I was just feeling like really off and my I wasn't getting my period that sort of thing so I just knew that for me for how much I work out and for how much I eat fairly well you know I eat a lot I love food but it was a little weird to me that I put on that much weight in that amount of time. Um, so I knew that something was off and I I was – something just drew me to hormones. Maybe it was my conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I would talk to Ryan and I would talk to Lindsay about it because um, putting on that kind of weight um, doesn't feel good, you know, and it doesn't – and it didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like me and I felt uncomfortable. I felt puffy. You know, so Ryan was like, you know, maybe it is something with your hormones. Like I was just thinking, I think it is something with my hormones. I think something's going on. So I finally um, got the test from your mom. I got um, the ability to take a test and did the test. Um, super easy, really quick. What? How do you do the test? So there's, yeah, great question. So there's saliva. So I did saliva as soon as I woke up before I ate anything, spit into a vial um, before my breakfast. And then I think it's... Lunch and dinner, right? Yeah. Okay, four, four of them. Or like, or maybe it's five. What is it, Mom? Three breakfast, it's midday, before, and before bed. It's yeah, before you eat breakfast, before lunch, evening, before dinner, and then right at bedtime. And yep. it's just that one day, and then you can freeze it until you can send it. But you, they give you everything to just mail it in. Yeah, it was. So, so I easy. mean, it was so easy. And then there's a blood sample one too, which you just mm-hmm. like prick your finger. Um, I waited till I shaved my legs, and they were bleeding. And then I just like, <laughs> oh god, literally, I was like, I'm gonna shave my legs. This girl hates gonna needles. Bleed. I hate needles. Yeah, she didn't want to do it. Um, so I was like holding my bloody leg over like the, <laughs> the, the vial. Does that does that count, Mom? <laughs> Is that the right type of blood? Supposed to be on the finger. Or does it the shaving cream like <laughs> fuck it up. Yeah. Um, uh, be hard to dilute the concentrate of yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, folks. Don't listen. I know to that's not a good one. Prick your finger. <laughs> Don't be a baby. Um, and then I got my test results back. So I got the results. Didn't really know what was going on until I talked to Candace on the phone, and it was that my cortisol levels. Oh, I actually, before this, I was trying to self-diagnose myself. So I was like, I'm tired. I'm not sleeping. I am exhausted. I can't drink caffeine. Um, I'm all of these things. So I was like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I started to buy supplements around that. So I bought like DHEA or like other things that I thought would help. And really it was not doing me any justice and it was actually hurting me to self-diagnose. I'm guessing. And it was, that was, a and I learned something there that that was a bad move. So Candace and I get on the phone and 
what was going on with my hormones, they were out of whack, was that my cortisol level was healthy and very high in the morning. Um, and I know that for myself, like the second I wake up, I'm like very chipper. That's my time. Um, and then it would plummet and it would actually flatline during the day. So I would have no cortisol levels um, day and then till evening. And then at night it was picking up. So that was what was keeping me stressed, keeping me awake, keeping me from getting deep sleep because my cortisol levels were so high. And then my DHEA was super, super high because I had been taking a synthetic one that I self-medicated. Can you just tell me what, for people who don't know, yep. what is cortisol? What is Oh, DHEA? yeah, she'll say. Okay. Um, yeah. And then um, my estrogen levels were super high. So my estrogen levels were way higher than my progesterone levels. Um, so that was also throwing me off. And then we talked about a bunch of different things. But yeah, to Lindsay's point, Candice, if you could talk about what the all the hormones are, what they do, and then kind of like if you could explain a little bit about um, my diagnosis and like what was going on when you saw my reading. Right. Um, well, you know, your first clue when you start getting belly fat when you're 27 or 28 years old and you're usually you're used to that flat belly issue, you know that you've got a cortisol adrenal stress issue going on because stress hormones will um, create a, uh, I, I could get into the chemistry, but there are receptor sites for cortisol in the abdominal tissue. And so when we have too much stress, which jacks up blood sugar levels and jacks up insulin levels, insulin is a fat storage hormone. If it cannot, if we're inundated with unstable blood sugars, they will get stored in the belly as fat. So stress and belly fat are very much tied together, and that's why we measure cortisol levels over the course of one day. We measure morning, uh, as we were saying, noon, evening, bedtime, because we want to see, do your cortisol levels, which are a reflection of your stress levels and are um, produced by the adrenal glands, which are our sort of get-up-and-go organ that gets us, keeps us going and fights disease and does stabilizes our blood sugar and does all kinds of things. When we measure that level over the day, we want it to be highest in the morning, as yours was, Krista, but we don't want it plummeting in the middle of the day and then jacking back up at night so that you can't really sleep or get deep sleep or you find you're waking up in the night, et cetera. We want a cortisol to be highest in the morning to get you up and going for the day and then steadily drop throughout the day to the lowest level at night for calming, relaxation, and ultimately deep sleep. When cortisol levels go back and forth throughout the day, um, that's when blood sugar levels become destabilized. We want, you know, we're reaching for caffeine to keep awake and sugar and, you know, quick fixes. And if you're into that space, then you know you probably, and you're gaining some belly fat, you know that you're probably off. And the issue with cortisol also is that when stress hormones take precedence, they start knocking out ovulation. Ovulation, that period that you get every month, doesn't necessarily mean that you ovulate. We're supposed to ovulate uh, mid-cycle, right? First part of the cycle is estrogen, which is growing that egg in the ovary, growing that egg that's going to go off in search of the friendly sperm at some point. It's growing the lining, the inner, the uterine lining, making it blood rich and and ready for a possible pregnancy. When we ovulate, progesterone then takes over from estrogen. So 
progesterone is the hormone that says, okay, we've had enough estrogen going, you've grown the egg, you've thickened the lining of the uterus, we don't need any more of that. We're now going to calm things down. And if there is no pregnancy, progesterone drops and we have our, our period. But many people do not ovulate midway through their period. Or if they ovulate, they don't make enough progesterone to calm down the action of estrogen. So that can mean, and many things can disrupt ovulation. A lack of sleep, to when stress takes center stage in your life and you're always going, 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 and you're, you know, you're burning the candle at both ends and you're never taking a break. And I think our modern day lifestyle has made it pretty tough to ever turn off. Um, there's so many things that extreme exercising can actually um, disrupt ovulation. Vegetarianism without getting enough protein can disrupt ovulation. All these things that happen even well before menopause. So because once we're in menopause, obviously we don't ovulate and that's why these hormones definitely go out of sync. But in younger women, all of those things can disrupt ovulation Progesterone production is not adequate enough to balance estrogen. And then we start finding that estrogen is becoming dominant. And that was the situation with mm -hmm. Krista. She had a low, you had a low ratio of progesterone to estrogen. So you were still making enough of those hormones individually, but the ratio, relatively speaking, was that estrogen was dominant. So that is linked to the kinds of things where you have mood swings or you have weight gain, uh, big time weight gain around, I, I'm not saying you do, but mm -hmm. I'm saying that it is a huge connection when you have a low uh, progesterone estradiol estrogen ratio, which we can test in our, in our test. We look at that because that's going to tell us um, why you're gaining weight around your hips why you're gaining, why you've got mood swings, why you are putting on weight pre right before your period. Women that have bloating and gain seven to 10 pounds right before they, they have their period. Horrible PMS. This is where Dr. John Lee did his biggest research in England with a woman named Christina Dalton who was looking at the 150 symptoms that are associated with PMS. Really, you know, like pass me the shotgun type PMS, <laughs> that kind of PMS where you are, you know, so here you are gaining weight, you're bloating, mm -hmm. you can't sleep, your periods are just heavy, heavy, heavy because there hasn't been enough progesterone around to stop that estrogen buildup in the uterine lining. So you start getting these heavy, painful periods. You might even have fibroids or endometriosis. Some gals have horrible endometriosis where the lining of the uterus is so blood rich there's no progesterone control that it starts migrating out of the uterine lining into mm. the pelvis very painful these things are all to do with an imbalance of estrogen progesterone and then when you got that combined with stress hormones that are out of whack now you got fat you know uh, belly fat picking up and you're irritable and you're anxious and your immunities are down you find that you're catching every cold and flu bug that comes along and you, instead of bouncing back and being well in a couple days or a day, you're sick for a week or you have horrible allergies. Mm -hmm. I had that too. Hives, itching, you know, all kinds of allergies and allergic symptoms, asthma. They're all linked to an upset of adrenal hormones. Um, 
so it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's a big deal to be, especially when you're younger, because it's not about menopause and the end of ovulation. It's about disrupted ovulation. What is going on that's actually disrupting the normal cycle so that hormones aren't being produced in normal amounts? And what, you know, what stress levels in your life? And I'm not talking about good, you know, there's good stress, there's bad stress. Good stress, we get birthdays and Christmas and weddings and fun times and all that. But, but when this becomes distress where, you know, our lives are so jacked up that we're not sleeping, we're not getting breaks, we're not really doing taking time to do the things we love to do. I mean, I've, Ryan, why don't you talk about some of the women you, you talked to at the weight loss. We, we were, Ryan worked at a weight loss, um, a nationwide weight loss chain. I worked for them as their hormone health educator. And uh, we did everybody's tests that wanted to lose weight. And what did you find, Ryan? I mean, there was such a range of, of <clears throat> women and of different ages. And for all of them, they had a weight problem. Um, you see a lot of the cortisol hormone spiking at the wrong times and um, just being so irritable and sugar cravings. and Sugar cravings is big, yeah. Yeah, yeah just not feeling themselves. And, you know, <clears throat> the biggest thing when you're trying to lose weight and be successful in a weight loss program, you know, if you don't know what's going on with your hormones, that's a whole other piece to the puzzle that you, you know, yep. without looking at that first – that's something that can be working against you despite your best efforts being yep. on a program and exercising and still not seeing results. Mm. And so yeah. we would really encourage them to do that test up front so that we could get a clear picture of what was going on internally and then, you know, help with that and then continue on with the the diet and the consulting and all the um, lifestyle changes they needed to make um, to really get in balance. I think some of what happen, happens with people that get a test result is it's a huge relief. It's like, oh, my God. So yeah. this is the reason why I have sugar cravings. I mean, honestly, if your hormones are out, out of balance, you can be hardwired to overeat. You are hardwired to crave sugar because your body in a survival response is saying, hey, this chick is under stress. We don't know why, but, you know, we want her to eat more. And we want her to hold on to fat because this is, you know, we we don't know if a tsunami is coming or, or what. The body cannot distinguish between emotional, physical, mental stress. And all those stressors have an effect on you. Eating too much sugar is a stressor, just as much as not getting enough sleep or breaking your leg or getting a divorce. I mean, these kinds of things still, the biological, physiological response of the body is the same. It will pack, it will store fat. It will store fat in the abdomen in particular. That's our fat depot. In, in you know, just to keep make sure that the body is has reserves. Has it, it, you will actually be hardwired to overeat. I wanted to mention DHEA as mm -hmm. well, Krista. Mm -hmm. Your DHEA was high. DHEA is actually a an adrenal hormone. It's it is. You may have heard it associated with the fountain of youth. So for people that are getting on in years, they might want to take DHEA because DHEA is actually a precursor or what you could think of as the raw material for almost all the other hormones in the body. It, it, there's a cascade and hormones break down. They actually derive from cholesterol. So that's another reason not to banish all cholesterol from your diet because cholesterol is the backbone of all hormone production in the body. And one of the first hormones to be produced is DHEA. So 
it's not a bad thing to have high levels of DHEA, because, especially when you're young, because you'll see high DHEA associated with people that are very active physically. And it sounds like you work out a lot, uh, Krista. Mm-hmm. So that may well be, and you were taking some DHEA, mm-hmm. it, but just working out and building muscle like strength training is one of the very best ways to, um, have a natural high of DHEA and to have it enough of it on board so that all the cortisol hormones and the stress, the stress hormones can be produced in balanced amounts. So we, we need DHEA. We need all of these hormones to be in sync with each other. And first of all, they're not going to be in perfect balance. Nobody is in perfect balance, but you know, you got to think of like synchronized swimmers. If one of them swam off to the other side of the pool and one dove down to the bottom, what would happen to that perfect pedal formation? Or you think about an orchestra. If one instrument is playing out of tune, then the whole symphony is off. So the goal is to try to get, you know, get it, get a fix. I become aware of the symptoms of hormone imbalance, all of these things that we're talking about and that you mentioned, Krista, not being able to sleep. Even having horrible nightmares, that's high cortisol in the middle of the night. Having, and you know, why am I gaining weight in my midsection of all places? Why there? Why am I irritable with the people I love the most in life? That's what my thing was. I'm thinking, I'm yelling and screaming at my, my little perfect daughters. My little peanut heads. My little, my little pumpkins. Aww. Why? And, and I'm hurting there. I'm hurting that. You know, God knows how that damaged them in some way that that you know hopefully not forever right? <laughs> good. they deserved it <laughs> yeah they, they probably did <laughs> but you know i think it's an issue for women your age too because i can't tell you how many gals i've worked with that are of your age group and they'll tell me about how what how their mothers are driving them crazy literally i didn't think about that till you guys were talking about my mom when during <laughs> during her menopausal period that was like man that was the wild wild west two people on one side me one on me on one side her on the other it's a shootout (laughs) yeah what are the what are the ages for menopause mom well you know the average age is 51 but where meaning menopause officially is the the definition is when you have gone 12 months sequentially without a period. Mm. But you will see, you know, with a lot of gals in your age group that are listening today, many, many gals, you mentioned, Krista, not having your period for a long time. Um, That, you know, that can be due to stress hormones disrupting that cycle. Um, And that means lack of hormone being being produced can produce some of the same symptoms as a woman in menopause. So we see officially we should be seeing this happen, you know, where the ovaries kind of pack up and they're not producing hormone anymore at around age 51. But in my work as a hormone health educator at one of the big labs in the country, I'm, uh, we saw, I've, I've probably seen thousands of test results. I don't think I'm exaggerating. And we see that in younger and younger women, we see these symptoms and we see these these out of balance hormone levels when this should be an issue that doesn't even begin really till mid 40s when we get into perimenopause. I mean, that's something you, you this is inevitable. Your hormones are going to shift. They are going to decline. 
And when most women that are in their 40s are starting to see that shift where those are the roller coaster years, and that was exactly what was happening with me. I was in my 40s, and I'm having these hot flashes and mood swings. So one minute I'm nice, and the next minute I'm the Wicked Witch of the West, and my children are afraid of me. This is, or you may find this when you're even in your 30s. We see women in their late 30s who have children who can't, you know, got full-time jobs. They're trying to work out and do everything, and they are, you know, an emotional, hormonal um, mess. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a big issue for, for every age. What is the... What is the cause for the younger women who are experiencing this imbalance? Like for Krista, I haven't gotten my hormones checked. I work out for a living. I work out way too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely feel an imbalance. I don't know specifically what that means, but what is the cause um, for the imbalance in in a lot of the women, the younger women that you've, you've seen their test results? Well, you know, it really comes down to there's there's so many things for one for one thing. And, you know, this is a tough one because we <laughs> so there's birth control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. man, I'm, scared. I'm worried women on contraception for, you know, how many young gals have I talked to who were on birth control for 10 years, 10 straight, years. 12 mm-hmm. years straight. Now they don't, you know, so they didn't want to have a baby. They don't want to have children. They don't want to have children. Now they want to have children. And it's taking a hell of a long time to get their cycle back in order because what does contraception do? It disrupts ovulation. So you're talking about, and, and some of these gals that use uh, some of the contraceptive uh, things that have you not having a period for a year or for six months, this is not a good idea. Like the, the IUD? Best, do you think that? Mm-hmm. Do you think the IUD is about the IUD is a bad idea, or I mean, obviously there's a, there's the copper one, then there's the one that you Marina. don't Marina, which I was on, which you don't have a period for a really year, for four years. Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, I have IUD and I have a real. I had a real heavy period when I first started, and now I didn't for a long time, but now I'm starting to have it again. I'm yeah. Because there's a confusion there, not to interrupt you, but there's a confusion where I thought it was one of the most natural options mm-hmm. because there's less estrogen, I believe. Um, but then not having your period for four years, it's like... Yeah, is that normal? Should we have our period, Candace? This doesn't feel right. <laughs> I mean... Well, it, this, you know, this, I, I obviously used... I, I was on the front line of birth control. I was my generation that had the first birth control available to us and I remember taking it and I had a boyfriend at the time I was living with. Don't tell dad. All I, oh, he knows all about it. Actually, no men. actually, I was with that guy for six years, married him and the marriage lasted six months. I think we should have broken up. <laughs> instead of breaking up, we got married. That was That's a amazing. mistake. But, uh, the I freaking hormones. <laughs> yep. Live it on the hormones. <laughs> Well, I, when I took the birth control pill, all I did was cry. I, I remember I was just constantly crying. Oh, my gosh. And I don't cry that often. That's I another mean, symptom, too. Yep. I remember yeah. my low estrogen days is what I call it. I was yeah. real fun. I was, like, real snappy. <laughs> Set me off, and I'm out. That's one thing. I got on birth control um, in high school, and it wasn't a conversation with me about it. No one talked to me. It was like, you're taking this, done. And it made me freaking crazy. Really? Yes. And I'm I'm so I have a grudge about it. 
I think I should have had a conversation. We should have seen if it was working. We should have checked in on me. Like, it's just such a serious drug that I'm really bummed out that that I was put on something, didn't have an option, didn't know it was going to really. It affects your personality. It affects who you are. Your doctors don't really break it down for you. It's like, oh, well, what, what one do you want? And it's like, I I don't really understand the difference. Yeah, same. And I always looked for the lowest amount of hormones because of my mom and always having that in my head and knowing, like, okay, I want the healthiest one. But most people don't know to look for that or what the side effects are. There's really not a lot of education. Mm -mm. Well, it's definitely, you know, I started out this talk saying about how I definitely encourage women to get in into their careers and their lives and get some travel in before they get have kids. Um, so that requires birth control, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, some women are pretty good at using the rhythm method. That's mm-hmm. not reliable as much as you might need it to be. The diaphragm, I got pregnant using a diaphragm. Really? When, yeah, I don't. Is I that Jess or Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the unknown child. Oh. I just admitted to something. Okay, Trump, pro-life <laughs> people, come down on me. Oh, I'm obsessed I'm with you. I was not ready to have a child and that diaphragm mm-hmm. didn't work. So, I mean, it's, you got to make sure there are all kinds of things that I think are, um, I don't think any of the birth control that disrupts our cycle ideally is going to be a great thing. Uh, but if you, the only choice you really have is to use a barrier method that is non-hormonal and get, make sure you it's installed correctly and uh, the IUD that is non-hormonal is a good idea, uh, better mm-hmm. than a hormonal IUD. And the lowest of the low uh, hormones, just enough to, you know, to to keep you from from getting pregnant, is is the only choice you have when you're sexually active and you you're not ready to have a child. So it's not there are no good choices there. But, you know, certainly if you've been on a very high, you know, talk to your doctor about how, how, how many hormones are in this stuff I'm taking and how high dose is this and can I take a break? And, you know, if you're not sexually active and you're going through a period of time where you're not, then get off them. Mm-hmm. So many women take them for acne and different reasons that are, you know, that are hormone that can have to do with hormones, but could be controlled in other ways, mm-hmm. you know, acne is often um, an elevation of, of testosterone and DHEA, which is also linked to lows in estrogen, progesterone, and highs in cortisol. So you see, when you test, you have certain symptoms that you can start to match with the tested levels that you know that appear in your in your test result, and you start to get answers, which. Really, I think is, you know, I'm sure Ryan saw that with the weight loss folks that it's like, oh, so this is why, you know, it's, it's just kind of comforting to know, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just a slob who has no self-discipline. There's actually something going on here mm-hmm. that is causing me to regain this weight or to break out or to have, you know, horrible mood swings. And, um, you know, it's it's um, it's just information, news you can use to make changes and to feel like, hey, this isn't all just me being bitchy, itchy, sweaty and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Else. And psycho. Yeah. And I think, like I said before, we are a puzzle and we talk about mm-hmm. diet all the time and we talk about exercise all yep. the time. And 
you know, healthy balance and lifestyle. But the hormonal piece is definitely something that's happening that we can't see. We can sort of guess like you did mm-hmm. um, and and have clues. But until you see that, that chart and you can go over it with someone who knows what they're talking about, like my mom, then you can really start to because and, and maybe, maybe we'll go into this, but within the foods that you eat, mm-hmm. maybe you need certain supplementation. Yeah. Um, she can really help zone in on the areas of your life that you need to really be paying attention to and topping up in or whatever it is to, to get back in balance. And everyone's results are very different, just like we're fingerprints, you know, we are all very different. And so it's a not it cannot be a one size fits all approach and it cannot be an approach where oh. you're guessing mm-hmm. um, because there's off, often imbalances that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you mentioned all of the hormones that are tested, but um, you know, it, it is it is DHEA, it's cortisol, it's testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. So being able to see where you lie in all of those categories is really eye-opening. And when I was working for the weight loss company, it was just this major sense of relief for these women to be able to see, okay, that makes so much sense. Mm. And it's not all that. It's, it's we have to be healthy in all areas of our mm-hmm. lives. But it is something, it's just another piece of the puzzle that you have to pay attention to. So. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of women's lives changed, and even like in our family, my my grandfather had remarried and had kids at what, what was he seventy three, mom? Yes, seventy three. Oh. Had twins at seventy three. Holy, yeah. like <laughs> So they're technically my half aunt and uncle, and they're now <laughs> twenty. Um, but the point being, here he is, like a father again at seventy three. Um, and she was able to work with him. And, right. you know, it's for men, too. It's not just us that are mm. that are suffering from hormonal imbalance. So we all true. are. Yeah. So I remember with, with granddad, um, you – I don't know exactly what you – like what he took or what he did. But I know that he – the whole family, you know, the twins and Dana were remarking about how helpful that was mm-hmm. and how his mood completely changed and how important that was if you're going to have kids at 73. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be – a low energy grump forever. So I know you were able to help him a lot. It's interesting with women as they get older, um, the estrogen and the progesterone, your progesterone stops completely because it's only made upon ovulation. So we don't have any progesterone. Our estrogen does drop, but our testosterone, relatively speaking, starts to go up. So that's why you get these older women that are, you know, that are very aggressive and edgy and hard to get along with. And they've got, you know, a a forest of chin hairs unless they're (laughs) and maybe their voice gets deeper. Oh, oh, how how deep does my voice sound right now? (laughs) No, but all these male, uh, you know, you see these male characteristics uh, coming out in women. And with the men, what happens is the reverse. We all share the same hormones, just in differing amounts. So yep. women have a lot more estrogen and progesterone. Men have a lot more testosterone. So what happens with men is their testosterone starts to plummet. So there goes the muscle strength and the stamina, which of course is tied to women too. You know, that's it's all about testosterone is all about muscle strength, stamina, structure. How strong are our bones? It's about cognition. It's about libido. Um, you know, and it can be trampled by stress hormones, trumped by stress hormones. I hate that word. Mm-hmm. And um, and also um, men start to get, relatively speaking, more estrogen. So they're the ones that they start to get moody and tearful. Man and boobs. Man <laughs> boobs. That's Ugh, estrogen. That is worst. estrogen. You see moobs and you know that man <laughs> has 
too much estrogen and not enough testosterone. So that's what was happening with my dad. And he also had, you know, his stress hormones were rock bottom. What happens over time is if you have flatlined high uh, adrenal stress hormone levels, over time the adrenals can't keep up the action. And so they become depleted and exhausted mm -hmm. and they start crashing and they start flatlining to the point where you're getting, that's when you really start to see those allergies and asthma and, and, and um, weight gain that you cannot budge. And uh, in answer to Lindsay's question, I just wanted to say the reason for younger women, I think you asked Lindsay, why does this happen? It's back to that disruption of ovulation. And many things, as I mentioned, extreme exercise. How, 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 does, how does, just specifically for me, selfish moment, how does extreme <laughs> exercise affect your hormones? Extreme exercise not only... Um, raises cortisol levels and keeps them high. It raises DHEA levels. So the adrenal pattern of stress hormones and, and blood sugars and all is just elevated. It's at a, at a higher level than, you know, it doesn't drop. It doesn't go through that lovely kind of diurnal curve where we get highest in the morning and dropping gradually. They sort of tend to stay elevated. Also, extreme exercise is very much linked to very low body fat. And women that have like 18% or below 20% body fat often do not ovulate. It takes, uh, bo body fat actually is one of the primary um, manufacturing uh, sort sites for estrogen. So you need body fat to produce estrogen hmm. and, and other hormones. So women, I was dealing with, uh, you know, Anna Boggs, um, just uh, Ryan, who, who is a... say her full name on there. Oh, sorry. Okay, Anna. A friend of ours was sending me a lot of her fitness training. She's a, a fitness trainer. And a lot of her clients were just so low in body fat that they hadn't been having periods for ages. And they certainly weren't ovulating. So again, when you don't ovulate, you don't make the proper equation and balance of hormones. And then your stress hormones start to go up because they have to kind of take over mm -hmm. and, okay. and, and run the show. Mm. And oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, other, uh, part B to the question. So if it's difficult, I mean, I'm trying to rest as much as I can, but in terms of diet, supplements, what do you suggest to help balance? Well, not, not knowing my exact hormonal imbalance, but in general. There is, in, you know, I send everyone that has, uh, that does a test, um, a, a breakdown of how hormone balancing, lifestyle, diet, um, supplements, et cetera. And in general, there are things like, for instance, the B complex, all the B vitamins. A lot of people just use B12. B-complex, B1, B2, B3, all the way through, actually supports adrenal function big time. Like you need B6, for instance, to produce uh, for progesterone to be made. So, you know, you can go granular with the, uh, the discussion of supplements. Magnesium, which many, many people are deficient in because it's why? Because the food supply is denatured. And if you can't afford to eat organic all the time or you can't afford to, you know, the, we have to find ways to bring these these things into our, our body. It's just like uh, there are 
eight amino acids that the body does not make. We have to get those from the foods we eat. So having a balanced diet, the Mediterranean diet is a good example of a good balanced diet where you get a lot of vegetable protein. Um, in fact, cruciferous vegetables, especially broccoli, uh, what are they, cauliflower, mm -hmm. Brussels sprouts, all that kind of stuff, learn how to cook that stuff and make it taste good because that those vegetables actually have an extract ingredient in them that help to, to modify and promote proper estrogen metabolism so that you don't become toxic. You The uh, diet has to be high in good protein, so protein smoothies in the morning, um, making sure that you don't use caffeine and sugar as your pick-me-up in the middle of the day. I mean, these are all very obvious things, but how obvious is it? It's so obvious, but how many of us mm -hmm. have almonds at the ready to take when our energy starts to plummet or a cheese stick or something healthy, healthful, celery and peanut butter, you know, some healthier choices. It's just a matter of swapping out. And I think at some point you're going to probably talk, be talking to to Jess, Krista, mm -hmm. about you know how to how to balance your diet, but there are many many things that we can do. Switching from um, coffee all the time to green tea, and then there's lifestyle stuff. There's big time lifestyle besides trying to doing all you can to get enough sleep, which may mean drinking something called Calm at night before bed, mm -hmm. a little drink that has calcium magnesium in it. Um, it also gets into things like turning off the cell phones. Now, do you guys know about the blue light that emanates from cell phones mm -hmm. and iPads and Tell why that it. disrupts um, hormone function? I don't. Tell me about it. So this is kind of one of the lesser known things. But, Lindsay, you're asking what can you do apart mm -hmm. from see, you, you, you can turn off your cell phone and your iPad before bed. There's some women in bed doing uh, looking at recipes or playing Scrabble with their friends right before mm. bed, the blue light emitted from all the electronic gizmos actually goes right into the retina of the eye and disrupts melatonin production. Hmm. Okay, so melatonin production is crucial because melatonin is the sleep hormone. If it's disrupted and you don't sleep well, then you know there are these appetite hormones called ghrelin and leptin that also operate on the sleep-wake cycle. They become disrupted. And then you're not only not sleeping, your, your appetite hormones are actually getting reversed so that you're hungry all the time. You eat and you're hungry again. You get sugar cravings and you never feel full. So it's this this knock-on effect of having melatonin disrupted because you were on your iPad at night before you went to bed. So mm. long story short, turn those things off an hour or two before bed because they have a knock-on effect that disrupts hormones. And as I said, it's like a, an orchestra. You get one off and all the rest follow suit. There are these amber glasses you can buy that you can use to disrupt the blue light. Or you can do, and, there's a program uh, called Flux. There's a program called Flux that I you can use on your computer. You can download it and it does, um, gets rid of the blue light. I have that on like all the time. So at night it has no blue light. You can do it on your phone too. That's really smart. You can you want. repeat that? That's good information. Yeah, Where? it's it's Flux. It's called F-L-U-X and it's, you can download it on your computer or you can have it on your phone and it gets rid of the blue light. Even though That's every time insane. I have it on, Justin's like, let's turn it off. It's messing up the screen. Yeah. I wanted to just like 
circle back to on the point of our journey, my journey with the hormones, and we were talking about the solutions with Lindsay, like um, natural solutions for fixing it. And that's what I found so empowering and so exciting about the plan that we had for me and everything that we had for me. And it really has opened my eyes to um, my body in a whole new way that I never really imagined in thinking about every decision that I make and its effect on my body. So um, I was also very stressed during the time I was taking the test. I had adrenal fatigue from um, years of like partying, being on from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night, never stopping, you know, diet pills, making my adrenals fatigued, um, all of that. So that was playing a factor into everything. So for me, my plan and what we did, that was natural. That was super easy for me to get my hormones back in balance. Um, I cut out caffeine. So I don't drink caffeine anymore. I never really loved coffee. I never really loved um, tea, but I was doing like pre-workouts before my workout, which is like straight up caffeine and fake sugar. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, That'll wreak havoc with the adrenals. Oh, my God. It was I remember one time I took pre-workout before I went to work out and I went to sit down and I woke up because I fell asleep because I felt like so sick and I would just like feel terrible. So I cut out artificial sugars um, like sucralose, like Splenda, everything like that. That was just making me feel terrible. My body wasn't knowing how to digest them. And now I just use stevia. Everyone can do that. Um, I don't do caffeine. I started taking B12. I started taking um, magnesium as well. I started taking a few other supplements that were suggested to me and then really focused on the nourishing foods. So um, getting more fat in my diet from avocados, from coconut oil, um, yeah, from nuts and from um, a few other sources, but just making sure that it And people know, like, if you know when you see a nourishing food or you eat a nourishing food, it's like that word nourishing is very interesting because it's very descriptive of how you feel. You feel nourished. So um, focusing on that and having um, more protein in my diet in that way. And then also to to calm myself down, to bring my cortisol levels down at night. Um, If you're having sleep problems or you're having really crazy dreams, this could really help you. I meditate um, now twice a day. So I was doing it previously just in the morning. Exactly. And then at night as well, which changed the game for my sleep. So meditating at night for me has been amazing for my sleep. I wake up happier. I wake up more rested. So that was really huge. And then I also have had, so since doing all this and just being really aware as a last point, um, it's really made me more aware of like the effect of sugar on me Mm. and um like when you eat sugar it's so much more than making you fat it's so much more than just making you heavy or whatever the effect is physically it's affecting you mentally it's affecting you emotionally it's affecting your gut flora it's affecting you hormonally it's affecting you in every single way and I just really take it a lot more seriously when I'm having sugar and when I'm having sugar cravings because I know that that's wrecking havoc on my body and that's really setting me back um so being more aware of sugar is something that it really changed for for me too and in the past um months since we did our hormone test and doing all of this and being really conscious about it um i lost 40 pounds i'm just kidding (laughs) i lost 100 pounds um no um but i'm sleeping really well um which is amazing so i'm sleeping really well i feel really good like i feel 
better than than I did in a long time. I've lost a little bit of weight, so I'm working on that. And I just know that like I'm on the up and up, and mm. it just everything's making sense. Like everything that I'm eating is making sense. And because I was estrogen dominant, I avoid tofu and I avoid flax and I avoid um, certain things that are estrogen prohibitors or estrogen. What's that word? Oh yeah, that's that's another point. Yeah. Soy, soy in yes. the form of uh, soy cereal and soy bars and soy chips and all that stuff is is a good one to stay away from. When you when you use soy in its fermented form, that's better. But soy definitely is a um, mimicker, right? Sorry, it's a mimicker yeah. of estrogen, and so it's it's okay in in very you know moderate amounts. But we have so much soy in our diet; it's in everything. So we have to be, that's, that's a good one to be careful of. And I think what you're saying, Krista, is what's interesting to me is when, when people counsel with me, you know, I send them this big report, like I sent you. And I think what they do is they find you, you take the, the, you know, you take what makes sense to you and you leave the rest. Now you have found, Mm -hmm. I talk about deep breathing and meditation. Some people may not be able to meditate, but they may be able to do deep breathing exercises, which can, which are very, you know, we know that it lowers blood pressure to do deep breathing and meditation. There are plenty of studies out there. We also know that it lowers cortisol stress hormones. There are, there are so many things that, that one can do diet-wise. What you're talking about with sugar, there's another spinoff with people who eat too much sugar often have, um, I'm sure you've heard of PCOS, some of these gals who who are not not having periods, who are tremendously overweight, who may have horrible breakouts of acne, mm-hmm. um, cystic acne, excess facial hair. Um, there are many women that struggle with this. We saw this in the weight loss uh, arena because so many people that are on junk, junk food diets and are eating nothing but processed carbs, you know, you're talking about nourishing food. That's the whole thing about getting away as much as you can from processed foods. They are stressful on the body. The mm-hmm. body cannot digest them. But too much sugar, this is really, I think, so interesting, can actually, you know, it raises insulin levels and insulin actually causes the ovaries to overproduce androgens as in testosterone. So instead of the uh, ovary building that nice little egg in there, it's making these, it's not building that nice egg, it's creating cysts within the ovary, grape-like clusters of, of cysts that all emit testosterone. So instead of growing a nice estrogen progesterone egg that's going to pop and you're going to ovulate and you're going to maybe go on to have a pregnancy or a period, whatever happens, you're making testosterone in all these cysts and that's causing your skin to break out hair to flourish all over your body, your voice to deepen, your mood to become aggressive. This is a huge problem with women. And it all goes back to uh, the the worst kind of use of sugars, fake sugars, processed foods, mm-hmm. creating a hormone imbalance from the, you know, indirectly, and then creating this whole cascade of symptoms. And people are going around thinking, what what did I do? But I think junk food eating on the run, not taking time to nourish yourself is very, very common when we're young. You know, we figure we'll we'll take time or going for hours without eating Mm. more than four or five hours with eating creates a huge, uh, you know, a big problem for the adrenals because they're trying to keep up and they just crash. Mm hmm. 
So as um like a, maybe a last two questions, um, what is, so the adrenals? So that was a thing for me too. Was the adrenal fatigue, and I feel like I've been hearing that word a lot more. Um, yeah. more people are becoming aware of it as we are such a we're so stressed out. We're just on all the time. We're always right. going. Can you talk about the adrenals and adrenal fatigue? Well, a good book to read on that is written by uh, Dr. Jim Wilson. Um, it's called. Uh, adrenal fatigue, the 21st century syndrome, and it has become more and more known that the the adrenals, which if you can picture these little walnut pyramid size, they're, they're walnut sized pyramids that sit on top of the kidneys, these tiny little organs, which actually muster our immune defenses, our energy, they regulate our blood sugar, and insulin. And so they have to be, um, you know, when, when you think about support your troops, your troops are your adrenal glands, supporting your adrenals through pro- all the things we've been talking about is essential in order to have proper blood sugar balance, proper hormonal control, pro- ability to sleep, ability to get up in the morning feeling refreshed instead of dragging yourself out of bed and then having to careen through the day and eat chocolate and coffee to get mm-hmm. through the rest of the day and then being up at night and having to take sleeping pills or whatever the hell people end up taking. There, I think there are 9 million different sleep aids prescribed every year. Uh, huge, huge problem. 80% of people have problems sleeping and it's all down to adrenal fatigue. You would think, well, if you're fatigued, why can't you sleep? Well, if you're, if your adrenals are fatigued, the proper hormonal balance is, is not present. And, you know, your adrenals may be producing not enough cortisol in the morning, but too much at night. It's, it's all about being out of whack. The adrenals are like little um, bellows, you know, they pump and pump and pump and work for you real hard. But at a certain point, they can't, they can't keep up the demand for more cortisol because we're racing around 24 seven and they can't, they can't do this. I mean, it used to be that people got 10 hours sleep a night, nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. And actually the human body needs at least eight, seven to eight, but the average person is getting six hours a night. We call that short sleeper. And in the sleep research, you will see that people who have, um, who get less than seven hours a night sleep are gaining weight, have insulin resistance problems and adrenal fatigue. So, um, you know, getting the hormones back in balance and supporting the adrenals with B-complex, with all the um, vitamins and whole, rich, nourishing food, with swapping out of caffeinated things and anything, you know, these energy, five-hour energy drinks and Red Bull and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff does nothing. All it's doing is jacking up the adrenals Mm -hmm. and they will, Mm -hmm. they'll work their hearts out for you. They'll be jacked up until they absolutely plummet and crash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smoking, drinking alcohol, all of this stuff keeps the adrenals in a hyperactive state until they just can't can't do it anymore. And that's adrenal fatigue, which by the way, there's adrenal fatigue is not the worst of it. Adrenal fatigue is where now you're you're not refreshed, you don't have enough energy, but if it, if you keep it up, then it leads to adrenal exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And now we're at risk for illness and disease. Yeah. So 
it's a big it's a big uh, it's a big issue and it's one that is very remit you know it's very much remedied with natural approaches to diet lifestyle sleep and stress management really so for our listeners as a last question those that are in their 20s those that are in their 30s before 40s or younger or even just moving from, if we're just to say around the 30s, moving from the 20s to the 30s, what are their hormones? What are the hormones? What's happening with the hormones? And like, what should they be on the lookout for to understand if they have hormone imbalance? Well, I think that the, you know, the hormones that we're going to test, the hormones that really should be properly balanced, especially in your 20s and 30s, if you if you are not, you know, overdoing it, and, um, you know, all those things we've been talking about, if you, uh, you should be ovulating every cycle and producing a nice balance of estrogen and progesterone. If you are not, then you're going to see yourself having, you're going to be one of those people that has horrible PMS. So, you know, nobody wants to be around you. You know, all the symptoms, there are so many symptoms of PMS, but, you know, some people are, have, uh, anything from, bloating and weight gain to outright depression where, you know, they're drinking and, and I'm talking to a woman right now who's 27 who has a drinking problem. She's so very, very depressed and her issues really have to do with that, not that disruption of ovulation. So if, if you're, if your ovulation's off, which you, some women know when they're ovulating, others don't, then you know, if you see that you've got belly fat, you get sick easily, you're depressed, you can't sleep, you have hot flashes or night sweats even, you're finding yourself drinking and smoking to excess, you can't control your moods, you can't control your, you, you can't take steps to, you know, sort of discipline yourself to do the, take time to relax. Some people can't even stop. They can't relax. Mm-hmm. When you when you know that when you observe all of these things going on and you just don't feel right, part of how you described yourself, Krista, there's, you know, so many variations on that theme. Low energy. Mm-hmm. Low energy. Sugar yeah. cravings. Mm-hmm. Sugar cravings is, is a huge one. I keep yep. forgetting to mention that, but that's a big clue. <clears throat> um, you know, these are clues. And I actually have a symptom checklist that I can send to people. Oh, cool. and I'm happy to offer to your listeners. I'm I'm happy to offer to your listeners today a complimentary 30-minute talk. You know, perfect. And I can send them if anybody wants to take me up on that. They could just email me at candicebewell at gmail dot com. It's Candice with an A, C A N D A C E, and then and the words be well. Like be e well, yeah, be e. Be well. I want you to be well. So <laughs> can be well. Email me and say, hey, I'd really like to. I'd, I, I'm suspecting I have a hormone issue. I'll be happy to send you a hormone checklist, which will give you an idea of which symptoms of hormone imbalance you have, and many of them overlap, of course. Um, and, uh, and then we'll talk for 20 or 30 minutes and then we can go from there. I mean, some people are going to want to test. That's mm-hmm. what I like to see. Test, don't guess. Let's really confirm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We see, we see you've got some hallmark symptoms of imbalance, but to what extent are your hormones really raging or, you know, how low mm-hmm. are your levels or how high that kind of thing. 
testing is important and we can have one consult or we can have a follow-up, you know, whatever is needed. I'm, I'm really flexible, but I definitely do. I think the phone conversation, the test results going through them together and then having a sort of rebalancing hormone rebalancing plan is a good way to go. Yeah. I think that's perfect. And the test changed my life. So people that you know, think they're experiencing some of those issues or they're kind of going through as we get older, I think it was a game changer for me and better understanding my body and better understanding how each decision that I make affects my body um, and putting it first. So I would totally recommend taking the test, mm. having a conversation with Candace, um, finding her and just really getting down on it. So Candace, where can everyone find you online? So we have your email. We'll link your email and we'll link the checklist. We'll link your website in the show notes. But um, we'd love if you could tell us your website and where people can find you on the internet. All right. Yes. It's uh, yourhormonebalance.com. And you can check out, you know, my philosophy there, mm -hmm. what I do. Um, I do have I'm going to be able to offer a kit and a consult package. Oh, that's great. Very so, nice. so that I do have on my website a page to go where you can order testing, but I'm going to be able to have my own test kits available. So that makes it kind of easier. Mm -hmm. So ignore that page. So, so yourhormonebalance.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, yourhormonebalance.com and, um, you know, and the email. So I think, I think it's important to check me out and see if we're in sync, if you feel you're in alignment with what I'm talking about. And if you think after reading a little bit more, there's some information there about hormones and test results, what they, you know, what they can tell you and, and do a little of your own research first. And then uh, give me a call if you're interested in pursuing the matter further. And if it's not you, but it's your raging menopausal mother who's scaring mm -hmm. us like I did to my kids, tell her. Mm -hmm. I think you know, a lot I, of yeah. I think a lot of girls and hopefully even some of our male listeners mm -hmm. are might be having a moment right now because it's like I think if especially if you're in a relationship or you're you know you have friends in your life who are either witnessing this these symptoms or you have a friend who is going through this um you know like you said it's like an answer or it feels like kind of like oh my god thank god there's mm -hmm. like cause yeah. i think a lot of people i've seen it in my life like my mom um was pushed into menopause early she had breast cancer but my dad was confused by it so it's just like you know to have kind of an answer um yeah. i think is going to be such a relief and and it's going to be really empowering for a lot of people so because you can suspect that you have an imbalance and just be like oh it's my stress but when you actually see what your results are and mm. you understand that if you continue to live this way and you know have the same habits that there are long-term consequences of yes that. It, mm -hmm. yes. it will lead to illness it will lead to bigger problems than you have right now so you have to really be willing to look at every every element of your life and, and what's going on yep amazing it's good to start now good to start young so true completely candace this was a true joy ryan Thanks, we love Mom. you this so is a true joy so informative thank you, all. Thank you that was fun. so was fun. much we'll talk to you later <laughs> bye thank you bye. candace i love you <laughs> bye bye I'm just trying to be the